Good morning. Good morning, Maple Grove Covenant Church. Mine. Thank you. All right. Um, my name is Tujer. Uh, for those of you who are new, or for those of you who simply don't remember me, um, I uh, I had the opportunity to serve here at this church for six months last year. Yeah, last year ish, and. Um, uh, with the support of Maple Grove and also other churches, I've been given the opportunity to start a new church, uh, a new uh, faith community in St. Paul called Roots Covenant Church. And there it is right there. Um, and I, I want to give you guys a quick update about what God has been doing in Roots and through Roots. I want to share with you guys uh, a story about a couple that joined our gathering a couple of weeks ago. It's a, a young couple. They were uh, in their 20s, mid-20s, been, had been married for a year, and they joined our gatherings. And our gatherings is from five, was from 5 to 7. And this couple decided to stay uh, at our house till midnight, actually, sharing with us uh, their challenges and the struggles in their marriage. They were talking to us how they, they weren't able to communicate with each other, how, how they were unable to forgive one another, and how um, and the husband shared how <clears throat> one of his greatest fears was that his wife would go to work and never come back, that she would just leave him. And she confessed that, you know, uh, I have seriously contemplated just doing that. And so they were sharing with us all of this pain and hurt. And uh, when we came to the uh, end of that night, they realized that their foundation was shifting sand. It wasn't God. It was, it was wrecking their marriage. And so they made a commitment that night that we are going to commit our marriage to God. We are going to pursue a Christ-centered marriage. And we prayed for them that night, sharing scripture with them, and prayed that God would do a miracle. A few weeks after that, we connected with them again and we looked at them, and they just looked like totally different people. They had, like, these smiles on their faces. Like, that was not what, where they were at when we saw them before. They were smiling. They were affectionate with one another. And we just looked at them and said, hey, what's going on? And they said, you know, God, God has been doing something in us. God is helping us to heal. God is helping us to forgive one another. God is helping us to communicate. And it's like a miracle, uh, a couple more weeks after that, uh, they decided to commit to be a part of Roots, uh, the launch team. I want to tell you guys um, about Greg. He came along with his girlfriend to um, our Roots gatherings a couple of weeks ago. And uh, his girlfriend is a believer, but he is not. Um, he doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in that stuff, he says. And uh, he, he came to our gatherings, and, and the first gathering he came to uh, was a time when we had dinner, and then we, we, we were talking and discussing about Jesus. You know, everyone has their opinions and thoughts about who Jesus is, uh, but we wanted to see, what does Jesus say about himself? That's what the discussion was. What does Jesus say about himself? And so we were exploring that. And then a couple of days later, uh, his girlfriend uh, told us, so Greg's girlfriend told us um, that Greg had told her that he didn't know that they were coming to a church thing. Like, he didn't know this was a Christian thing, and he said, look, if I knew that this was a Christian thing, I wouldn't have come. But then he said, but because of that discussion we had, I want to keep coming. And so, uh, he's, he's been coming since then, and uh, we continue to have conversations, and I know that God is working in his heart, and I'm hoping and praying that he will meet Jesus soon. 
You know, and so these are just a few stories of what God is doing in Roots. Uh, we're continuing to gather with our core group, continuing to pray together. And uh, our goal, our plan is next year we will begin public worship services. So, so please, can, please continue to pray for us. We are thankful for the partnership of Maple Grove. And we look forward to what God will do in us and through us. Um, a few weeks ago, Chad uh, invited me to preach today's sermon, which is, which is entitled, Awaken My Soul to Sorrow. And um, when I first read that, I thought to myself, man, what a paradox, right? Like, how can your soul be awakened in sorrow, in grief, in, in a time of hurt? How can you become fully alive and fully awake to God and the life that God has for us when we are in sorrow. C.S. Lewis wrote one time that God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And for many of us, we know this to be true. Many of us, it's not the blessings in our life that have caused us to turn to God, that have caused us to come and trust in God, but rather it is those times of hurt. It is those times of sorrow that we realize and recognize our need for God and therefore we turn to Him. A couple of months ago, I, uh, I met a pastor who shared with me his life story. Shared with me that uh, he had been happily married for 15 years to his wife. And one day after coming home from the church office, he looked in the driveway and his wife's car was gone. He's like, this is strange. And so he goes into the bedroom and he sees all of her clothes are packed and gone. And so there's no note, no explanation, no nothing. She's just gone. And she leaves two children behind with him, an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old. And so this pastor has no idea what's going on. And for six months, he is struggling and trying to figure out where is she? Is she alive? Is she dead? What happened trying to explain it to the kids and the kids do not understand. He's trying to explain it to himself and he doesn't understand. Six months later, he gets a call from his wife and his wife says, I'm living in Arizona and I want a divorce. The, the next couple of years of his life were, were disorienting, filled with sorrow, filled with pain, filled with loneliness, filled with grief. And I asked him, how did you do, how did you get through that? What, 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 how, how did you get through that? And he told me that Psalm 13, Psalm 13 in the Bible, was his lifeline during that time. Psalm 13 was the prayer that he prayed over and over and over and over and over and over again. And in praying this prayer over and over again, he learned how to grieve. He learned how to have sorrow and he learned how to lament. He learned how to be honest with God, to complain to God. And most importantly, he learned how to trust in God in the midst of sorrow. And today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to explore Psalm chapter 13 to learn how to trust in God in our sorrow. Because, you know, in a, in a group uh, this, this size, I know that there are a number of us walking in here with sorrow. Um, don't know the specific stories, but God does. And I know you do. You know what you're going through. And if you are not, you know you have loved ones who are. And I pray that this message would be a message of hope for you. 
The book of Psalms is a collection of uh, poems and prayers and songs. And there are many different types of genres in the book of Psalms. And uh, Psalm 13 specifically is a lament psalm. And a lament is simply a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. It is a passionate complaint to God. And so in other words, Psalm 13 is a complaint to God. That's, that's essentially what it is. It's just a complaint to God, an honest complaint to God. And I want for us to read the first two verses together, okay? It'll be on the screen. Please read with me. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? You know, some of us, we read that and go, wow, man, the person who wrote them must have had a really bad day. You know, but if for others of us, we read that and we go, that's exactly how I feel. That the scripture is actually helping me to express what, is, what I'm feeling in my own heart, within my own situations. And this is the first thing about trusting in God in our sorrow is that we need to be honest, right? We see this in this passage right here. This is the powerful thing about Lament Psalms is that it gives us an example. It gives us permission to be honest with God. And I don't know about you, but what, you're just reading this right here. It doesn't sound very, it doesn't sound like a praise, right? It doesn't sound like celebratory. It, it, it's, it's just a complaint, it's a complaint, like an honest complaint. Like I, I was thinking about this. If, if I substituted a Lord in the first verse, this is how it, sound, it would sound like. If I substituted Lord with my name, like as if this was my wife saying this to me, this is what it would sound like. How long, Tujer, will you not help me wash the dishes? You know, like it, it's, it's how long, Tujer. It's this idea that it's just a complaint. It's just being honest to God. It is absolutely honest, and there's, there's freedom in this. There's freedom to talk to God honestly. But this is the thing. It, it, how we view God will dramatically affect our ability to be honest with God. If we view God as like this distant boss type of God... You know, this, this, like, this really busy that, that you know, the, this is a, uh, God is just wants you to tell him what he wants to hear. Just don't get him ticked off. You will not be able to be honest with God. But how the scriptures tells us to view God is that we are to view God as a loving father and that we are his beloved children who can come to him and to be honest with him, even if all we can do is complain. And for those of us who are parents here, I'm not a parent yet. But you know what I'm talking about, right? You know how like when your child comes up to you and you know something's wrong, you just know it. Like you just look in their face, they come up to you and they're like, <gasps> and you're like, what's wrong? And they go, oh, nothing. You're like, no, that's not true. <laughs> and, and we can't read minds, but we just know. And yet God has even a greater love than we do. God knows us even more than we know our own children. And so God desires for us just to be honest. 
God desires for us to just to share what's on our hearts. And so we see that in this, it's, it's not just to be honest, but God actually pushes us even further to say, I want you to complain to me. I want you to complain to me. How, how do we know this? Well, we see this in the Bible. One third of the Psalms are lament Psalms, complaints to God. Every single book, every single one of the prophets in the Bible has a lament in them, have a complaint to God, except for one, one book, the book of Haggai. And there's even a book of the Bible called Lamentations. Okay, if you need permission, like, like that's like the biggest indicator that, that like, it's okay. Like a whole book is about lamenting to God. But yet, I know that many of us struggle with that. Many of us like struggle with the idea of, I can like complain to God. I can like just share with him my heart. I can even be frustrated with God. Yes, you can. Because God cares about our honesty. God cares about having an honest and genuine relationship with us, not a fake one. And the reality is this, in our, in our sorrows, we are complaining anyways, you know. We are complaining anyways because we're hurt and we're frustrated. And, and so this is what we end up doing, actually. We, uh, in our sorrow, we complain. And so we, com- we, we can either complain to people and just spread the bitterness, right? Because bitterness is contagious. Or, you know, some of us, we're not, we're not, we, don't, we don't complain to other people. So we just complain to ourselves. We suppress it. We, like, just keep it in. And it's just like this toxin that just continues to flow throughout our insides. See, the, the, the good news in this is that God, in, in, instead of complaining to others or just complaining to ourselves, God invites us to complain to him. God invites us to come before him, to, honest, to be honest with him, and to share our hearts with him, even if all we can do is complain. Complaining to God is okay. But complaining is not an end, to it, is not an end in itself. We see in Psalm 13 that not only do we get to complain to God, it shows us how to complain to God. And this is the difference between worldly complaining and Christian lamenting, okay? Worldly complaining is, I'm just going to vent. Honestly, that doesn't really help that much. Christian lamenting is being honest with God, even if there are complaints, but then moving from honest complaint to bold request. I want you guys to read with me verses 3 and 4. It'll be on the screen here. Let's read together. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall. You know, the psalmist is asking two things essentially. God, show me that you hear me. Show me that you hear me. Help me to see that you are looking at me, answer me. The second thing he asks is, give me a hope that I don't have. Give me a light because right now I'm just in darkness. Please give me hope. The second step to trusting in God in the midst of sorrow is actually to ask God for help. Because you only ask for help from others when you know you can't do it on your own. challenge, difficulty, and sorrow have a way of humbling us and helping us to realize 
that we actually need God. Isn't that true? That difficulty, sorrow, and challenges actually can help us to see God and help us to see our need for God. I'll illustrate it in this way. Uh, Ravi Zacharias is a uh, Christian author who was a missionary in Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War. And while in Vietnam, he met an American soldier who, you know, had seen so much death and so much violence and so much destruction. And in, in that place of difficulty and challenge, this American soldier came to trust in Jesus. And he wrote this poem to Ravi. And this is how the poem goes. Lord God, I have never spoken to you, but now I want to, show, I want to say, how do you do? You see, God, they told me you didn't exist. And like a fool, I believed all this. Last night from a shell hole, I saw your sky. I figured right then they had told me a lie. Had I taken time to see the things you made, I would have known they weren't calling a spade a spade. I wonder, God, if you'll take my hand. Somehow I feel you'll understand. Funny how I had to come to this hellish place before I had time to see your face. I guess there really isn't much more to say. I'm glad, I'm sure glad, God, that I met you today. I guess zero hour, will sh- zero hour will soon be here, but I'm not afraid since I know you're near. The signal, well, God, I'll have to go. I like you lots. So I want you to know. Look now, this is a terrible flight. Who knows, I may come to your house tonight. Though I wasn't friendly to you before, I wonder, God, if you'd wait at your door. Look, I'm crying. I'm shedding tears. I'll have to go now, God. Goodbye. Strange now, since I met you. I'm not afraid to die. When you think you have all your needs, when you think that you've got everything that you want, it's easy to disbelieve in God or easy to not trust in God. However, when we're faced with our mortality, when we're faced with our fragility, when we realize that we can't do it on our own, God actually becomes even more real to us because we are facing the truth. That we cannot save our own life. That we cannot crawl out of hopelessness and despair on our own. That we cannot awaken our own soul. And that we need God's help. And God is willing to offer his help if we ask. So the question is, are you at the end of your rope? Are you in a place you're asking for God's help. You know, it, it, is, it is only after, number one, being, on, being honest with God, honestly crying out to God, and number two, boldly asking God for help that we can begin to experience trusting in God in the midst of sorrow. Only after being honest with God and only honestly asking God for help can we actually trust in God in our sorrow. Let's read verses five and six together. Let's read it together. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. You know, the only way that we can actually trust is not by looking at our present circumstances, but it's actually by looking at the past and looking at how the God that we are dealing with, the Christian God, the God that we see revealed in the scriptures is a faithful God. 
The God that we are dealing with, the God that we are are trusting in is a God who never gives up in those he enters into a relationship with. We see this over and over again as he is engaging in a relationship with the nation of Israel. We see it over and over again with individuals in the scriptures. And for many of us, we also see it in our own lives. When we look into our past, how God has been present, how God has been active. But the thing is, if we are just looking into our present circumstances and looking down, we tend to forget. We tend to forget that truth. And the most amazing thing about this God that we are placing our trust in is that this God is a God who also has cried out in lament. That the the God that we believe in is Jesus. And Jesus on the cross, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That the God that we believe in is the one who also knows what it feels like to be abandoned, to feel alone, to feel defeated. That God intimately knows what it is that we are feeling when we feel those same emotions. And as Christians, we place our trust in this God, in Jesus, the one whom the Bible calls the man of sorrows, that he knows intimately how it feels. But this is the central truth from the scriptures that we read today is this. Trust can only come after honesty. Trust can only come after honesty. And I know that many of us here, we're, we're at a standstill in our faith journey. Many of us are, feel like we're, we're not moving, that we're stuck in our relationship with God. And one of the key reasons why is because we're not being honest with God. We're not truthfully expressing our hearts to God And when you cannot truthfully express your heart to someone else, it's very hard to it's hard to trust in them. And I just want to share with you from my own life. You know, what God has been doing in me and and, in through uh, roots has been an amazing thing. I've seen God, the evidences of God, and the fingerprints of God all over the place. But yet, I need to be honest with you that um, church planting is hard. Can I be honest with you? Is this a safe place? Yeah? Is this safe? Okay, thank you. Church planting is really hard. Um, Starting something out of nothing is really hard. And uh, these last few weeks have been some of the most challenging uh, weeks of my life. Um, You know, struggling with depression, struggling with trusting in God in the midst of all of this. And so when when I'm sharing this... um, I want to let you know that God's speaking to me too in this. Um, I've been struggling with how to trust in God in this season of sorrow that I find myself in. And um, as, as I was praying and preparing for this message, uh, I realized that what God was saying to me was, Tujer, the reason why you find it so hard to trust in me is because you're not being fully honest with me. You're not sharing with me how you feel. You know, you have those good Christian sayings like, trust in the Lord. 
no matter what. You, 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 this is what you say to me. But yet I know this isn't how you feel. This is what God was revealing to me, that, that I was not being fully honest with God. And I've spent a few days and in prayer and just, just straight up being honest with God and complaining to God. And I don't, I don't like doing that, to be honest with you. Like, I don't like complaining. I'm the type of people who complain about complainers, you know what I mean? And so, like, it's been challenging, but yet God has been working in my heart in this process. As I've just honestly come before God and share with God my frustrations, share with God how I feel like God is distant. And I'm just asking God for help. And trusting God in his unfailing love. And God is doing a work in me. God is teaching me how to trust in him even in the midst of challenges and sorrows. When things aren't going your way. When things you cannot control. And I'm learning to walk in faith. Psalm 13. Psalm 13 helps us to understand that trust comes after honesty. If we are not honest with God, if we are not honest with God, it is nearly impossible to trust God. And if you are in a season of sorrow right now, I want to encourage you to do this, okay? I want to encourage you to model your prayers after Psalm 13. Number one, Be honest with God. Share with God your heart, your frustrations, your complaints. Number two, ask God for help. God cares. God listens. God loves. And God will be with you in this time. And it is in being honest and asking for help that we can actually come to a place where we we can trust in Jesus, who is, as the Bible says, the man of sorrows. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we cannot awaken our own souls. We cannot find true eternal life apart from you. And it's crazy how sometimes you are more real to us in hurt and in sorrow. And your goodness becomes more tangible. I pray, God, that you would help us to learn to trust in you, recognizing that the only way we can trust in you is if we are honest with you. Help us, God, to be truth-tellers. In Jesus' name, amen.